Well, hi, everybody. I'm uh, Alex Antipas of Mesoamerica. Americas. I want to uh, welcome you to Automation 101. Uh, what is it? It's simply a series of uh, short, insightful videos to help expand the lab, com you know, lab automation conversation and uh, really to tap into and leverage the knowledge of experts so that we all have a better understanding of lab automation, what it means, and you know, in particular, what it can mean for our various businesses. And, we're very lucky here today to have uh, Cole Yancey. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correct from OpenTrons. So welcome, Cole. Hey, Good thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, excited. Good. I'm excited too. You know, Cole is our first expert, so that's uh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> goes well. I'm sure it will. So, Cole, let's just get stuck into it. Um, so, our first question is: you know, there's a lot of talk about lab automation you go on linkedin it's you know it's all over all over there and you you google it and and, and so forth but if if you were to you know define lab automation and, and or explain it in, in the simplest of terms and, and i sometimes say you know if you were to talk to a five-year-old and say okay this is what lab automation is, is all about you know how would you define it yeah absolutely so i think you know when we think about automation I think we kind of have this glamorized image of what automation actually is. You know, we think about the Jetsons, right? Oh, we have autonomous cleaning robots zipping around the house or zipping around the lab. I think we're a long way away from that. And so when I kind of boil down automation, you know, what does it actually do for us? Um, it's about creating efficiencies. And so, um, you know, we're essentially <clears throat> trying the same amount in less time or we're doing more um, in the same amount of time. So, you know, if I think about my own experience kind of at my own house, right, like I, I have automation all over my house. I have probably 40 different, you know, automatic lights and things like that. Um, it, it's kind of a simple example, but uh, essentially, you know, it's about creating efficiencies in your own house. So we're not replacing jobs. We're not, you know, we're not doing uh, anything like that. We're just making it so that we can do more with what we already have. Yeah, that's true. Um, and and that, that sort of leads me now into, into my second question, because, you know, to your point, you know, sometimes when you just mention the words lab automation, you know, and I know from my own personal experience, you know, picking up the phone or, or you know, or being on a, on a Zoom call with somebody and saying, hey, I want to I talk to you today about lab automation. You can almost see like the fear in people's eyes you know, and so, you know it's a bit like you know a bit like that you know stay away from me don't talk to me so you know people there, there is to a degree and maybe it's with the smaller to medium-sized lab that don't have maybe a lot of um you know don't don't get to see all the the the, the details or fully understand the benefits of lab automation so for, for those that maybe are considering moving from let's say manual process to an automated solution what sort of advice would you have for them yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, if we kind of go back to that as, as an efficiency problem, you know, you don't have to do everything all at once, right? When you learn how to swim, you're not jumping, you know, you're not going to the, to the deepest part of the pool and just jumping in, right? You're, you're going to the, to the shallow end, you know, you have your buoys, you're kind of feeling the water with your toes a little bit. Same thing with automation. You don't need a full end-to-end, -end, you know, lights out solution, you know, as sexy as sexy as that is, yeah. you don't necessarily need that, right? Start small. And, you know, what I would, what I would really do is think about your workflow in terms of, you know, manageable chunks. 
So, you know, break down your entire workflow into 10 different parts, let's say. Look at it and say, okay, which one of these is the least efficient that we're doing right now? And what is, you know, what's the most annoying thing for me to do, basically? Like, is it repetitive? Is it something that I hate doing? I just don't look forward to it. Okay, well, let's attack that in terms of implementing automation. Let's, let's you know, get a plate stamper. And, and it doesn't have to be even a liquid handler. It could just be a re repeating pipette, right? That's a form of automation. It could just be a, a plate stamper. You know, when I was working in a lab, the very first piece of, you know, automation that I worked with was a, and I don't even know if they make these anymore, but it was a Thermo Fisher Verset. You know, it's basically, it had a six, six, uh, you know, deck slots, and it was essentially just a, a plate stamper. And, you know, a lot of that, a lot of those same kind of logical problems and, and programming that I used on the Verset, I still used you know, as an apps engineer, I still used in my labs, you know, that I worked in following that it was, you know, the syntax is a little bit different, but you know, those, the logic is all the same. So if you start small, you're going to kind of build those building blocks that you're going to use later on um, in your, in your career, you know, you never know where, where you're going to use it, but um, I would say start small and just kind of go from there. You don't have to have the end in sight. You know, I think just implementing something is a, is a good place to start and uh, just kind of take it one step at a time. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice, you know, especially, you know, starting small. I, I think, you know, when I, I spoke to one lab, I, I, the, the feedback that I got one time was, you know, I, I don't want it to be like a, how did he, what words did he use? Like a Toyota manufacturing plant, you know, I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be something like that. But I think sometimes people do have these impressions that you know all these robot arms are going to be coming out and, and and so forth and to your point actually just find the the workflows that are you know maybe irritating you said repetitive tedious boring uh and those are the ones that you might want to look to uh to automate okay so so imagine now you know i've taken on your advice okay cool you know what that that's great advice you know and you've convinced me now I'm, I'm i'm gonna go ahead now with this automation solution you know, whatever it may be and, and, and so forth. What would be, you know, the top three things that I would need to consider prior to implementing a solution? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and, and not in any particular order, um, but I think the first thing is, is definitely establish a goal. So what are you trying to accomplish, right? If you're just, if you just have, if you just have money to burn, uh, that's great. But you know, I, I think it's 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 important to establish a goal and say, okay, what are we actually working towards? Yeah. Um, if you don't do that, you're likely to fail, right? I've seen it time and time again. You just want to buy automation. You just know that that's kind of what you should do, but you don't really have an end goal in sight. You kind of flutter in the middle when it actually, you know, when things get tough, when the engineering gets tough, you don't have a goal, you don't have a plan, um, then you can kind of, uh, it, it gets tricky towards the yeah. middle um, of the implementation. Um, the second thing it's to consider is definitely your team. You know, you want to have open communication with your team. You want to make sure that everyone is, is aware of what's, what's going on, you know, get excited about it. It's something to be excited about. Um, you, you, you want to have that kind of open line of communication. I think that's really important and set those expectations with your team of kind of where we're going with this. And then finally, I would, I would say, you know, this is a little bit more dry, but budget, I mean, it's, it's something that you might overlook, but 
budget is, is just like the, the end all be all for me, right? Because it, it, as an engineer, I could solve any problem with enough time and enough money, right? <laughs> you, you, throw, you throw enough money at a project, it's going to get done, like eventually, you know? So um, that's not the, the reality for pretty much everyone, right? Everyone has a budget and everyone has a certain amount of money that they're willing to spend on a problem. So those are some of the real world constraints that uh, people maybe don't like to talk about. It's kind of taboo, like talking about money and, and things like that. But um, the reality is, you know, a half a million dollar machine is going to do a lot. It's going to be a lot different than a $20,000 machine, right? So um, budget is, is definitely uh, up there as well. Yeah, and it's amazing how many people don't think about budget. But you know, if you think about your your your, your personal life, you want to you know buy a home. You think, okay, what's my budget? You're looking to buy a car. You think, okay, what's my budget? You know, maybe where your kids are going to go to university, possibly. What's my budget, and and so forth. But sometimes when it comes to your own business, people don't don't think about it. So you know, it's it's, it's, it's true. It's it's a good advice. But I'm really interested in your second point, which was to you know consider your team make sure that they're excited, make sure that they get on board and, and, and so forth. And I think, you know, even outside of lab automation, typically whenever we bring any sort of change into, you know, any organization, yeah. Uh, and especially I think something like lab automation, because there's all these you know, certain perceptions or, or myths about lab automation is going to replace my job and, and, and so forth. People therefore become hesitant, perhaps even resistant and, and so forth. So from your experience, you know, how do you get these guys now to sort of embrace the, the lab automation? Yeah, it, it, it can definitely be tricky. And I think if you, if you take a look at this as like a problem in a vacuum, you know, in a perfect world, you know, you're building out a team, you have that on the job application, you, you know, you, you hire the people who are ready for automation, like that's the perfect scenario. And Unfortunately, again, like we don't live in a perfect world and, and the majority of the time people are taking their manual process and and either implementing portions of automation or going full blown automation. Um, so I think the first thing and I, and I kind of mentioned this earlier is, is having that open line of communication. Right. So you're able to really talk to your people. Right. If you have, you know, like a. a suits in the in the boardroom making all the decisions for the people in the lab that's really not going to go well right you need to be able to talk to the people who are actually using the instruments the people in the lab who know the day-to-day -day, who know the parts of the workflow that are annoying and repetitive and oh well, this causes me problems every day and you know i remember working in in a lab and uh <laughs> the biggest frustration for me was the freezer Overfrozen, it's just stuffed full of things. Every time I had to go find a sample, it was a you know an hour long digging through the freezer. You know, your fingers get frozen, and and the managers didn't know until I brought it up. And so it's things like that that kind of help bridge the gap when you're making a change. If you've already established the communication with your people, you know you're essentially establishing trust, and you're saying okay. I trust you in the lab because you're doing this every day. What's your, you know, what do you think about this? Right. And so from there, you can kind of set those expectations because I think anytime that you have problems or differences, it's because of, you know, I guess the majority of the time 
um, is because there are different expectations. You know, our expectations aren't aligned. So, you know, maybe so-and-so in the lab is, is resistant to automation because he feels like it's going to slow him down, right? Oh, I do this, you know, I do this every day. It takes me, you know, five minutes and it's going to take me five minutes to set up on the instrument, right? So I could just do it before we even start the run. Right. And so when you have those, when you, when you're able to, to kind of align expectations between management and, and people in the lab, you can start to kind of feel out the differences and, and kind of attack those in terms of discovery and, and pain points. You can kind of say, okay, well, this is clearly an issue for you, you know, and you can kind of dig a little deeper and ask questions and, and really figure out like why, you know, figure out the why. Like why are why is there resistance in the lab to moving towards this uh, you know automated system? Um, and then from there you can kind of align and and bring everyone on the same page because that's ultimately what you know what everyone should want, right? Everyone wants to be on the everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to be kind of on the same page and moving forward. So yeah, and that's um, and I think just to add to that, Cole, I think sometimes you know we think oh you know I'll just have a meeting. And you know, and, and uh, I'll involve them with with one meeting, so to speak, and uh, I'll explain. Okay, these are the benefits. This is how you're gonna, and this is how it's gonna affect your your role, but in a positive way. And we just assume, okay, I've had the chat with them, we're good. And and the reality is actually, you know, we're human beings, so uh, you know, we have emotions and 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 so forth. And so, you know, I think it just just to add to that would be that you know, this can take some time. You know, this yeah. isn't just. Uh, uh, a quick chat, you know, in, in the back of the office or, or, or in the lab somewhere or whatever, you know, this could be something that you may have to do over a period of time, however long that may be, you know, I guess prior to, to implementing it, you know, the whole planning phase. And then once it's implemented, you know, to continue to have those conversations. And I think just, you know, like with everybody, it's just with time, you know, people can, can adjust a little bit, maybe their perceptions and their attitudes, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, just thinking about that, I, I used to work in a lab that was primarily doing uh, ELISAs. And so it's a lot of manual washes, a lot of manual sample dilution, things like that. You know, ELISAs being, you know, notorious for automation. There's a lot of different systems involved, readers, incubators, things like that. Um, and people who had been at the bench for 20 years, you know, and they're used right. to doing it a certain way. And as soon as you bring up automation, uh, I... I'm not going to learn that. I don't want to do this new thing. And so, yeah. you know, you, you start to dig into the problems and really they didn't trust that the Eliza was going to, or that the automation was going to pipette as well as they could. So it was really a trust issue. And once you, you, you know, once we found that out, then we can kind of start to chip away at that hesitancy right. and resistance and, and, you know, ultimately implement the automation and, and kind of move forward. Yeah. Well, Cole, I just want to say thank you very much. This has been, uh, I think it's been really informative. Hopefully everybody <laughs> listening also find it uh, really informative. Just to remind everyone, you know, please follow us. Uh, we're going to have this on a weekly basis. Hopefully follow Cole Yancey also, follow OpenTrons uh, as well um, for, for, you know, just to learn more about automation and what solutions they can offer you guys as well. Uh, and please reach out to to uh, to us, you know, to call to myself if you have any questions about uh, automation. We'd be happy to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Alex. I, uh, I this was a lot of fun. Thank you.